Welcome to the Innovation Room. If you're a business leader, a change champion, or someone who wants to feel a little closer to how digital transformation is changing the world, put your smartphone aside, sit back, and indulge in the world of software, the world of endless possibilities. Has the legal sector reached that tipping point where the amount of change and the pace at which it is happening is getting out of control for them? And the law firms are facing an existential situation, thrive or die. My name is Somaya, I am CEO at Geeks and I am hosting Greg Vincent, an inspiring partner at Moore & Co Solicitors in the Innovation Room. What is happening to the legal industry is very interesting, so our chat became longer than normal, so we are sharing it with you in two episodes. Hope you enjoy it. Greg, thanks. Thank you for joining me on our innovation room. Do you mind introducing yourself and telling our audience about what do you do on a day-to-day basis at your firm? Personal, thanks very much for inviting me. So I'm Greg Vincent. I am a partner at Moore & Co uh, Solicitors. We are a full-service firm based in Surrey and Southwest London. Um, I'm head of the corporate and commercial. We also advise on the sort of the full ambit of legal services, litigation, residential conveyancing, property, etc. So yes, that's us. Um, that sounds very serious, Greg. And I know you, and I know you're not that serious <laughs> of a person. <laughs> do you do you mind telling us something something less serious about yourself? What's your say? What's your favourite song? What's my favourite song? Oh, all-time favourite song. My all-time favourite song. Oh, wow. Uh, it's You Two With or Without You. Cool. And why that? Well, that's actually my wife and I's song. We uh, we did our first dance when we got married to that song. Oh, nice. Another fun fact, and if you didn't like it to be published, I can edit it out, is that you've got four children and I do. Twins. Feel free to publish this. I have four children. I have a 12-year-old, uh, a nine-year-old, and uh, two four-year-old twins. So it's a full house. So how has it been? Lockdowns with young children? Well, <laughs> uh, it got better when the schools and nurseries were closed. It was a real challenge, as I'm sure you can imagine. Uh, homeschooling uh, two kids, as well as uh, looking after two uh, toddlers, as they were then. So yeah, a, a, a big challenge. But it was also, in some ways, quite quite nice to spend all that sort of time with the family you know having lunch together every day and and having a proper dinner together every day rather than being stuck in the office all the time it was a bit of an eye-opener and actually a little bit of a game changer on on uh, priorities so actually it was it wasn't too bad but uh of course when schools are closed it was a real challenge <laughs> I, I say that because we've had over the past two years we've had talked about these things over the different conversations we've had we know each other for for a long time now we've worked in different setups in community projects and we became friends and and then we started working together with in, in different capacities the interesting part for me has always been your curiosity and your openness into the new ways of working or more specifically into technology and how how technology and innovation can change the future of legal sector and it, we have always had very enjoyable conversations debate you don't you don't always agree with what i say which is, is <laughs> nice so I, I thought it would be really good to talk about, more specifically, sitting down and recording this and talking about the future of legal sector from 
from SME point of view, you work with a lot of SMEs being in a corporate and commercial department of your firm, and you're one of the partners, you're leading a SME firm. When we talk about technology, innovation, emerging technology, digital transformation, we are not talking about LexisNexis of the world. We, are, we, mm. we wanted to be talking about the SME legal firms and the SME businesses of the world. What's your views of what's going to happen in the next five years? Well, I think it's most definitely all change, certainly for the next five to 10 year period, we have seen changes that we, well, there some of the things that we already had, we were just not using properly uh, or effectively. And those were the low hanging fruit that we immediately, particularly over the last two years, when the fast forward button was pressed, mm-hmm. had to deploy more effectively to service our clients. And I think like a lot of firms in doing that, we also realized about how much opportunity there was that we probably were not making the most of, in fact, we weren't making the most of, in relation not just to what we can better use that we currently have, but that's available out there, whether it be patchworking with what we already have, or just things that can be built, what is possible to assist our clients to to reach their ambitions and for us to work in a more effective way. We licensed some software pretty early on in the pandemic to help us with some of the things that we needed help with. And some of it will be pretty trite to individuals out there who run businesses. But also, as I say, in the conversations that we had regarding those bits of technology and and what we needed to achieve from our clients when we were working more virtually, we obviously had quite a lot of eureka moments like I think a lot of businesses did. One of the the things that the pandemic brought about, which isn't a bad thing, because obviously there's been a lot of bad things, but one of the things that that isn't bad is is how it's spurned us on to to realise how we can achieve our clients' needs better and more efficiently. The way in which we even speak to our clients or we communicate with them was so old school (laughs) pre-pandemic. And to be honest with you, that technology has been available for a while. We just weren't using it efficiently because we didn't have to. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to start doing a lot more within the next five to 10 years. What would you say you have to? Is it because the the world has become more open or is it the partners or the structure of the firm has been more open? What's the main reason? So we always had to. And I think the top 30 largest firms were already doing it. We were looking and consuming in sort of legal journals about what was going on with AI or or, mm-hmm. or some of the sort of technological technological advancements that were being made in the bigger firms and possibly thinking that's not about us. Uh, but of course it is because these things filter down and the technology becomes more advanced, becomes more usable, uh, becomes more commoditized and is available to smaller firms that are feeling entrepreneurial about taking up technology to improve their client service and to imp- improve their product. It's always been there, but I think a lot of regional smaller firms are now realizing that this is something that just isn't an option. But I have to say, the reason why we as a firm have really embraced the need to up our game on technology is not just the pandemic, but because our clients are asking for it. Our clients are saying to us, we need this to be this way. We, we can't do it in this analog way anymore. It doesn't work for us. Other service providers that are not legal sector service providers do things in this way. Why don't you you know, why is it that we can have a better service or a more digital service or one that you know, just has a look and feel that's different to this very analog way in which lawyers provide services? What is it about the legal sector? And it's not just us. It's across the board. The legal sector is one of the last <laughs> strongholds for doing business in this analog way. Um, I say strongholds, you know, it's not a good thing. It's a bad thing. Yeah, you still have insurance. <laughs> 
not very ahead. I've, I was looking at 2021 report of legal industry by Reuters and, and some other agencies who publish these kind of reports. In there, they're talking about legal sector having reached that tipping point, the point of no return, the pace of change is so much the pace of it and the and the amount of change that is happening is out of control for the legal firms anymore so everybody needs to get on board and everybody needs to consider that as a as a massive strategy within their wider strategy how much do you see that happening and their views which I'm which I'm a bit like I understand part of it not agreeing with the other parts they talk about it being mainly driven by the partners being more open now to change and, and technology because of the pandemic. What's your experience and how much do you think other factors are impacting if there is a, a tipping point that has been reached? There certainly is a tipping point that has been reached. I think that's without doubt. I suppose I need to be careful here, but it's probably right to say that because of the nature of our sector, our profession, as you become more senior and as you become decision makers within the business, law is something that is is garnered, you know, your ability to practice law is garnered from experience. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not a profession for younger people. Of course it is. But you develop through time your ability to, to join up all the dots of all the areas of your practice, the experience that you have across many different parts of your incorporate, your, your client's needs, improve your ability to provide those services to predict the needs of your client. And so it tends to be that the decision makers are obviously older and a lot of those decision makers are not digital native. They've, they've built this foundation. It's, it's amazing. Yes, they, they've worked with fax machines. <laughs> exactly. But but of course, they built it. They, they built this. So got all credit to them. But the reality is there have been a lot of twists and turns in the way that, I mean, I, I remember, I think it was, I can't remember the name of the book, but it was in the late 90s when they were saying that email would be the way that lawyers and their clients would interact. It was, it was shouted down as sort of a crazy idea that that's how we'd be dealing with each other. Um, but of course, that's exactly what happened. And to anybody, sort of, certainly of my generation, I can't see how it could be any other way. The decision to digitize the profession, to bring more technology into it, is a tricky one. It's a, it feels very risky. It's a big change. It, it requires investment. But I think that I, I think that there are now sufficient numbers of, of lawyers who, you know, are very used to technology, who have come up the ranks to become decision makers in the firms that they're in. Mm -hmm. who are now really on board with making that change why would that that's the big question because i was when i was talking to andrew of search acumen a few months ago on the same podcast the, a conversation came up around the problem is the structure of the legal firms because they are partner owned or partner led and if logically if you are older and you are a partner why would you invest because it's, it's partner's money. Why would you invest yeah. in technology when you're not going to be around to use it? Or yeah, that's a dilemma. Like, why should they do that? There is a, a challenge there because I think, as um, as the chat from Search Acumen said, law firms tend to be are now really one of the the last sort of businesses that still have this partnership structure. I mean, you know, LLPs without going too much into it can still be very you know tax efficient for other types of businesses, but the law firm is tends to be a partnership, and very few professional practices take that that route anymore. The thing about partnerships, I think it's fair to say that you are very focused on profitability in each year whilst you're a partner. 
Uh, to some extent, I know that's not entirely true, but what is true is that you don't really have necessarily a capital event at the end of many years of working and building that partnership because you tend to retire from the partnership at the end and that's that. So whilst you are a partner, you want to you know, make hay while the sun shines and ensure that you have great profitability in each year. And of course, that does mean investing in the business. I mean, it goes without saying, but big investment, big style sort of maverick investment does go a little bit against the grain if you are ensuring that you have continued year-on-year -year profitability without risk of large changes and large capital expansion, meaning there's not the profitability for, for this year or next year. And and as I say, that makes it sound a bigger problem than it is. I think you know firms do invest in themselves, and, and they do. We do, absolutely. I mean, other firms do as well. But as a structure, you can see how it's slightly different yeah. than perhaps if you are a company with shares that have capital growth, where you're going to have a payday at the end when you exit. There's a different dynamic with a partnership. Yeah. Because I know you and some of your partners, I know how different, for example, you are, which was very interesting for me because we do work with a few law firms on their digital transformation. So it was interesting to see, for example, the way you sound a lot entrepreneurial when it comes to the way to run the business or the way to invest or the way to react, whereas your generic law firms, in terms of risk-taking and being open and, and wanting to innovate and wanting to do different things. So every time we have a chat, we both get very excited about the, you know, how much passion I have about changing everything, every industry, and then the passion you have in changing the legal firms. We always like talk about different ideas. And then a few months later, I, I see that you have developed that idea and you've taken it forward. So is this normal? Is this like the, your normal legal firm culture, if you like? And if not, why are you different? Why your firm is different? I think it's really important to listen to your clients and to listen to the upcoming new lawyers in your practice. So we really foster and engage. You know, these are true digital natives. I mean, these ones in their mid twenties. I mean, they just, they just yeah. don't you know that recognise the analog way of dealing with things. And you know, often if you don't know it, you're never going to come across it unless you're banking on an original thought, which is probably very unlikely to happen. So having those conversations and gleaning that different perspective from those younger lawyers and ensuring that there really is a proper dialogue in a collegiate atmosphere. I think that's really important, particularly because of the divergence of the way in which different generations will approach the practice in different ways. And that's a key thing. But also our clients, you know, we deal with quite a few tech clients who, you know, shake their head at some of the ways in which law firms provide their services. That's and not me. I always, always say very, very nicely. <laughs> 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 these are constructive shakes of the head the advice is right but it's the way that we deliver it and we can always do better everyone can do better and it's really important to keep your ears open to that and not just be thinking that those conversations are a one-way street you need to take on board particularly very tech savvy clients how they want the services to be delivered and it crosses over to those clients that aren't because they see the benefits of that better more efficient more sort of productive way of working and yeah. um, you know i had an email this morning from a client with a request that seemed a very old school way of dealing with the matter. You listen to that and you think to yourself, what is it that's driving that behaviour? And I think one of those things, and this is a sort of, I don't want to argue against digital transformation because I'm 100% behind it, but clients, when they do buy legal services, to some extent, they do sort of look at it as a slightly different 
sort of service to the other services that they purchase. Sometimes some of our clients think that it's all a bit too fast. It's all a bit too quick. It's all a bit too digital. But when they see their lawyer, you know, there's a bit of advice, there's a bit of confessional, there's a bit of, there's human interaction that is meaningful and allows a bounce back and forth of ideas to get to the right solution within the restraints that the law, the law has, the rules have. And rather than continue to predict what they need, tell them what they need, react to what they need, discussing what they need and doing that in a way that some of these decisions are quite emotive. You know, when you're selling a business, it can be quite an emotive thing to do. You know, emotions are on high. It's something you've spent a lot of blood, sweat and tears in building. So there's some balance there still to be achieved. But I do think that that's one of the reasons, I think, and one of the excuses, to be fair, as to why lawyers have continued to to act in this less progressive way to some extent in relation to embracing technology because their clients want to physically sit down with them, want to have that sort of old school experience. There are two aspects to what you're explaining there. One is legal industry, like a, a lot of other advisory industries, they are heavily based on practice. So the service of the practice that is provided as opposed to the skills and the knowledge. So there is massive skills and knowledge, but there is a lot of practice of doing the paperwork, which that part is the part that everybody's, you know, all, all the technologists are talking about. This is going to go away. Creating all the documents, reviewing documents is going to, all of that is going to go away in the next whatever, five years, 10 years, 15 years is a matter of time. And the machine and the AI and the machine learning, they can do much better, more accurate. You get better service from every legal engagement that you have, regardless of how senior your lawyer is going to be or how experienced your lawyer is going to be, because those the machine can do better. But there is this element of skill and, and expertise, the part that is very creative work, that is very hard to automate or systemize unless we get to like that ideal generalist AI, which is which is far, far away. And that's where I think what you're referring to as like that emotional connection, that trust where you want to see a human that you can trust and they can understand different aspects of the matter from emotional side as well as, you know, the other side. So there is there's that element of practice versus a skill, but also the other side, which I think is going to be very controversial to the whole digital transformation or the technology advancement of the legal sectors, which is your current client versus your future clients or your current employees. Uh, and by current, I mean like the older employees, as opposed to these newcomers that are very digitally native. So if you talk about your current clients versus your future clients, you would, especially in your department, you deal with the business leaders and business owners, which they are normally like what, in their 50s, 60s, 70s, <laughs> years old it depends on the sector somehow to be honest because yeah, and they are changing to be younger and younger because that's what yeah. we're seeing to, in the business happening but also your future clients they are going to be completely so i'm not for example i am not digital native so i was what 20 maybe 18 when internet took over the world so i did not grow up with technology with the internet as a, as a thing whereas your the more younger business owners the more younger clients that you will have they know nothing about a world that is not driven by technology so how do you create that balance or how do you deal with that challenge of having clients that you still have to serve them the analog way 
<laughs> because they are not going to want this. They are not used to this. This is painful, unknown for them. They still want to pick up the phone. They still want to receive a letter. And the people who don't want to talk to you unless there is something really, really important and they rather deal digitally with a lot of things or have a lot of systems in place. Where do you think that balance of investment needs to sit? Where is the point to make that kind of investment? Because you're still going to have these generation of clients for a while. They're not going to change in in five years time. I suppose looking at my department, and then we probably just need to think about the the wider firm. Mm -hmm. It's not just all about corporate and commercial. My clients tend to be, and regardless of their age, very eager to make legal services more efficient and very progressive in their own businesses. I say that some still want to have some, uh, you know, want to make sure that it's not going to be totally digitized, you know, that they're going to be comfortable that we're still going to be applying human thought, because let's be fair, it's not there yet. <laughs> you know, technology, you know, we, we when it comes to complex strategy planning, we still are better using our brains. They want to make sure that we're not going to be running them through some sort of piece of software and come up with an answer that doesn't take into account all of their needs not just the sort of ones that might be able to be dealt with through a through an algorithm but but also looking at them their family what i feel is their their squirrel point on their deal where they're going to have issues because i understand them as a person as well as a business person those things still apply regardless of the age it's not about age i tend to deal with regardless of you know, how senior somebody is and how long someone's been in business they always tend to be very very progressive on technology i very rarely find I can't think of any that, that haven't been very happy to deal with it in that way. However, there are other areas which are hugely emotive, like selling a house, like writing your will, like being involved in a dispute that threatens your business, where, you know, it's very difficult for technology just to step in and take over that human interaction. And we have, and our firm, Moronco, developed many years ago a, le- a very, very successful piece of technology to assist with making residential conveyancing more efficient and we actually sell licenses to that to other firms you know we, we we've been looking at technology for a while I and mean, even as i say before the pandemic there are areas where you can do that and there have been sort of assistance through technology for will writing for quite a while i think the real way in which we can start to adopt technology better is across the board how we provide clients with access to what we're doing for them stimulate by agitating their data in which can help them ensure that they are looking after all areas of their lives at their pace, but making sure that, you know, we're not in a situation whereby they didn't realise they could do this, that bit of tax planning was never you know, explained to them or, you know, whatever it is, across the board to our clients, ensuring that they having the best possible rounded legal service from a bunch of trusted advisors in a law firm and being able to see it, to watch it, to kept updated in a way that isn't attaching electronic files to emails and sending them to them to then be ignored it's mm-hmm. it's something that you know they can engage with in a more meaningful way and also to be able to deploy certainly from my department the time that we really want to spend using our expertise on that sharp end of the of whatever they're doing the transaction or the whatever it is that we're advising them on because we are able to do that with the fees that we charge in the client instead of all that heavy lifting which can just skew the fee unnecessarily because technology can do most of that heavy lifting and we've seen that already i mean virtual data rooms have been around ever since i've been in practice you know i've been in practice nearly 20 years and virtual data rooms have been around right from the start and we've all used them but there are other things you know document builders have been around for at least the last 10 15 years yeah. That's the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) 
Okay, so this was the tip of the iceberg. Look for the part two of the technology and the future of legal services for SMEs with Greg in the Innovation Room next week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the Innovation Room. Want to learn more about what we do? Or want to be our next guest? Head over to the Geeks website, www.geeks.ltd. We look forward to welcoming you again soon.